welcome to the Mark's Ish Brothers Podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. Uh, and this week we're talking about the new uh, Netflix film, May December. But before that, we got a ton of news to discuss. Uh, Cam, why don't you start us off with what you want to talk about? Um. Okay. There's, there's, there's been a few uh, tra- trailers that have come out recently. Uh, I think we'll start with the Fury Furiosa, Mad Max adjacent one. Did Did you watch this trailer? Uh, I saw bits and pieces, but I didn't watch the the whole thing. Just wherever it was on Twitter. Fair. Uh, well, it's it's George Miller doing M- Mad Max, so can't go wrong. It looks pretty. It looks pretty fun. Um. Chris Hemsworth plays a weird plays a weird guy, so we get to see him be funny again. So that's pretty cool. Nice. But like not in like an MCU way, just in like a him. Because he, because I feel like Thor: Love and Thunder was just not good. I watched the first like five minutes. I couldn't get into it, and I stopped watching. So yes, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> that that's fair. Um, other trailers we got: uh, Dune Part Two. I did watch this one, and I, I, oh. I'm very excited about this. It looks fantastic. Right? And somehow the budget is cheaper than the first one. I don't get... I don't know how they're doing this. Well, I think probably a big part of it is uh, how they're paying the actors, right? Like, they probably gave right. uh, like someone like Timothy Chalamet and stuff, like, a big chunk, uh, like, at the, for the first movie, because right. they, they weren't guaranteed a second one, right? Right, So, right. so if they're... Uh, Gave a big chunk at the beginning one with the anticipation that there is a second one, then maybe they could uh, save money in that sense. That's my uh, assumption, but yeah, I don't know. It looks really good. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I I well, Dune one was like was was my, was my favorite movie of was my favorite live action film of 2021. Of my favorite film that year was uh, Mitchell vs. the Machines. Ah, but yes. yeah, but Dune one. Dune Part One slap, slapped so hard, and I, I trust I trust Denise Villeneuve with this a lot. Um, other trailer that came out yesterday: uh, Civil War, the uh, Alex Garland film. Did you watch this tra- trailer? I did. It looks interesting. Uh, I, <laughs> someone uh, on Twitter or on Letterbox, I forget where I saw it, but they were like, this looks like Red Dawn, but for liberals. And I, th- that's all I can picture in my head uh, looking at the trailer. But yeah, what do you think of it? Yeah, it's something. Um, I like uh, v- Wagner Mora. Um, he's a good actor. I like him in, uh, well, he, he's, he's the voice of the wolf in Puss uh, in Boots, The Last Wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Garland has not let me down yet. So... He's like he wrote like he, he he's written for a few like Danny Boyle films. He did Sunshine. He wrote Twenty Eight Days Later. He he did um, Ex Machina, which was good. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed Annihilation more than more than I thought I would. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be good, but it just feels like those like the a- angels falling or like whatever like those movies yeah. from like 2014 when like. Yeah. There's a bunch of movies about, oh, the White House is, is being overthrown kind of thing. That, that's kind of what it feels like to me, so except I don't like, know. Except, like, they're not going for that, like, because, like, what, what, what's good about, like, something like White House Down is, like, it goes for that, like, B-movie, schlocky-type feel. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is going for, like, this is an A24 film. Well, I mean, like we've discussed before, and I have more to discuss about A24, but, like, they're trying to go for more of that blockbustery, big IP-type movies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, this seems to be like the first one. I mean, it's a great cast. I mean, 
I, oh yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued. I'll Jesse watch Plemons, it. yeah, uh, Stephen McKinley, Henderson also in Dune. Yep. So yeah, I I Alex Garland hasn't let me down yet. So we'll see. Did you uh, see the John Krasinski uh, if trailer? I di- I didn't. I just saw that he's directing this one. It so. looks like very cheesy and kind of kind of bad. From the cheesy mind of uh, uh, John 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 Krasinski, like it says, like from the imagination of John Krasinski, and you're like, well, like what imagination? I've never seen anything from his imagination. I don't know. <laughs> it yeah, just, it seems a little cheesy to me, but oh well. Um, is that? Do you have any more news? That's it for trailer. Well, for trailers, I, I I can't think of anything else. So unless you you have more news to. Oh, I got tons of news. Okay. Okay. Well, let's hit me. Okay, so the first bit of news I had to save it on Twitter is that uh, Warner Brothers and Tubi have signed a deal to bring all DC movies to Tubi to stream for free. The people streaming service. It, Hell it, yes. It is the greatest streaming service. I thought you would appreciate this. You are. I uh, do. And you know what? If I could watch DC movies for free instead of having to pay for the 4Ks and Blu-rays, which, like, I still will. Yeah. But, but now you, know, you can watch them on here before you buy them, see if you actually need to buy the 4K or for Blu-ray is fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got the Blue Beetle on 4K, so... Classic. That, 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 movie, that movie was underrated. I'm sorry, that movie deserved way better. That's fine. We'll talk about it later. Uh, this is another bit of news that is specifically for you, and that's that a Paddington stage musical is in the works. Did you see uh, that? I did. Uh, does it say if it's going to be in L- London or in uh, Broadway or what's the? Uh, the Discussings Film uh, Twitter does not say that. No. Come on, Discussing Film. I expect better, better from my <laughs> my premier j- j- journalism website. I, I feel as though it's uh, still pretty primitive since it's like it's in the works, quote unquote. Right. Uh, they probably haven't decided all that. It's probably it's, it's in the it's in the talking stage. Yes, probably whoever wrote the movie <laughs> is now uh, in works right. of writing a screenplay, and they will <laughs> sell it to whoever buys it. Yeah. Um, the next, so this is my first bit of A twenty four news. This one's uh, a little bit more fun, and that's that uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson will star in his first A twenty four film directed by uh, Benny Safdie. Uh, Safdie. Uh, it's about a MMA fighter, so that should be pretty interesting. And it, it kind of either Dwayne Johnson just wants to be in a more artistic movie, or he just isn't the same sort of star that he used to be, and he needs to go into a lower budget movie. Either way, uh, I'm interested to see how he will fit into uh, into this movie. Yeah, I'm wondering if he can kind of like 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 break a, break his like because he. The Rock, the, the Rock plays the same character in every single film he's in, right? He really does. Over the last, let's say, 10, ten years, specifically. Yeah, because like, it, it Get Smart, he plays a different character. Get, get, get Smart is great. The, the, the 2000s remake is, is phenomenal. I can watch that one anytime. Uh, but, like, specifically, like, like, Black Adam, Fast and Furious, Juman, Jumanji, like, he's the same character. He's... I'm a guy who's big and strong, asexual, and can wink. Pardon me, sorry? Like, uh... You you cut out there for a second. Okay, yeah. uh, Like, The Rock plays the same character every time. He's just just this asexual, stoic guy 
yes. who, who, who does his hitta, who does his eyebrow thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. But um, that brings me to my next bit of A24 news. I'm not sure if you saw this, but they just uh, signed a, a distribution deal with Max and HBO. Yeah. Uh, so that's very interesting because Max has been kind of in a bit of controversy for, like, pulling a lot of the content mm-hmm. and, like, movies and TV shows and stuff. And uh, But they're able to sign, like, A24. So I don't know this... Well, it could be exciting of bringing like these sort of movies. And I mean, HBO is like pretty reputable, but like Max is not quite as reputable anymore. And that is the owner of HBO currently. So uh, I don't know. uh, What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, if it makes A24 films more accessible for for a wide audience, I I definitely support that. I don't I I I I think it's stupid that a, that Max dropped the HBO part of like their streaming service because mm-hmm. like people know what HBO is they they they, 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 they have a certain quality of a certain production value a certain whatever but yeah that's just weird anyway but yeah I think it's good I, I, I think it's good for for Fridge twenty twenty four to get their new movies on a more like well known platform. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that all of a sudden, like, it can be yanked at any time, which we've seen with Max. Yes, it's just yes. Uh, you would think that H24 would, would have a clause about that in their contract? Probably, but I don't know. I'm sure other places have had clauses in their contracts, <laughs> and Max doesn't really seem to care. I don't know. It, no. it, uh, I'm just... Uh, it's it's a little disappointing, and it feels like we've put a lot of... I don't know, I guess faith in like A24 when we should just be like, ah, under capitalism anything can be ruined. So, I don't know. I feel so I'm uh, seeing this in a little bit more of a dismal way that you know, this is just uh, the beginning of the end for the A24 that we come to expect, but uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, The next bit of news that I have, uh, which I thought was interesting, is that uh, Disney can now be sued by 9,000 female employees alleging gender-based pay uh, disparity. Hell yeah. Uh, So a Los Angeles judge on uh, December 8th said that basically um, that lawsuit, uh, class action lawsuit can go through. So uh, yeah, I I support these women who are uh, holding up this lawsuit. Uh, Obviously I'm going to (laughs) believe not the corporation uh, on this. So uh, yeah, get get, get your money. Um, It's just... It's just nice that like, like I feel like Disney's been trying to like a- appeal to like a certain like white liberal like like how do you say like just just like there's there's like m- meaningless re- representation like mm-hmm. yeah but like without without having a- any substance or any backing or any like. Which there, is there's... which is again like a fault of capitalism like they they do whatever they need to to make money well, without yes. actually putting their money where their mouth is. Exactly. Sorry, yeah, then yes, yeah, that, that's... But, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Get the uh, bag. Get the yeah, bag. Exactly. That, that, that's awesome. Uh, I've got a couple of letterboxed uh, news. Oh, yes. Um, this is from, actually, September, so I, I missed this completely. A- end of September, but still, like, two months ago. And that's a letterbox uh, was... A, uh, acquired by a Canadian investment firm called Tiny, which is interesting. Did we talk about this? Maybe we did talk about this. I'm if, pretty sure if, we talked. We talk, 
Never mind then. I will skip that news. Then my yeah, new yeah, because we, 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 we talked about Letterbox being bought and, and what that could mean. Never mind then. I'm we, 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 we talk about talk, talk, <laughs> well, talk, talk well, about I, I want to use it as as a uh, uh, sequitur to my other Letterbox news, so we can just go to that right away. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's a little fried. It's uh, exam oh, time. Oh. All good, all good. Uh, so okay. my, my, my big letterbox news was that uh, they are uh, updating to provide cinema showtimes for mm-hmm. theaters. in mm-hmm. uh, A new feature coming out, I think, like New Year's Eve. Or not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, and like it's, I, I think it's cert- it'll be specifically things on your watch list. Which okay, is that makes sense. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, either way. I think uh, that, that's a good feature, and because like, otherwise you have to I don't know really search for it. at least here in Winnipeg. It's it's a little hard to find when movies are coming up. So mm-hmm. if that comes to Winnipeg soon, I mean it's uh, coming to Canada. Hopefully Winnipeg is a big enough market that it'll be a part of that. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep, I hope that works well. Uh, let's see what else I have on news. I have a couple more things. Oh yeah, uh, this is uh, a thing I wanted to talk about last week that I forgot about. Uh, and that's that three Pixar movies that were released like during the pandemic lockdowns um, are getting re-released in theaters. Uh, them being Soul, Turning Red, and Luca. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that? On them being uh, now released in theaters, like up to four years after their initial coming out? I think they saw the legs that Elemental had, and were, I think, surprised because mm-hmm. like. Elemental didn't open big with that. It still ended up being one of the highest grossing films of the year. Yeah. So well, I mean, like, uh, people bring kids to theaters because there's nothing yeah. else to do. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it, it shows that, like, Disney might have thought that theaters didn't have much staying power. And they're like, we'll just release it on, on our streaming service. And then they're like, wait yeah. a minute, we can make a lot more money if we release it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there, there's no money in streaming. Like, streaming, I feel like you have a set... Like, people aren't going to resubscribe to watch Luca or to watch the like a, a Pixar thing from a couple years ago. But they will go see it in a theater if mm-hmm. they can't... Or, like, well, what if someone has to stop subscribing... And they say, oh, and they see, oh, this movie is now in a the theater. Okay, I can go watch it there. Yeah. I also well, feel like, sorry, uh, w- 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 one more thing. I feel like Turning Red probably could have been released theatrically because that one came out like, was that, was that like early 2022? Uh, I think it wasn't 20. Yeah, it was like spring 2022. Yeah. So like, but at that point, you already had a lot of movies that were opening in th- in, th- 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 in theaters again. Mm-hmm. So even then, that that one probably should should have gotten a theatrical release anyway. So yeah, I'm curious to see how 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 did they they do? Yeah. But. Well, and I think like kind of the reasoning that they put specifically kids movies like straight like onto the streaming service is because like the theory is that if you're a family, it's a lot cheaper to pay a monthly streaming service than take the whole family. Let's let's say if it's like the classic uh, mom, dad, and two kids type thing. Like let's and let's say tickets are each like fifteen bucks on average, plus snacks. You're spending about like sixty bucks plus snacks, so like you're spending probably like almost a hundred bucks just to go to the movies. In theory, they're like, well, you're more likely to spend money on a streaming service than take get to a theater. But I guess that has kind of with elemental, like you were saying, has kind of 
been disproven. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. Uh, my last little bit of news uh, is some sad news, uh, and that's that uh, Andre Broder died. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, what, like a day or two ago? Yeah. Um, you get, yeah. Very shocking. Um, so for those who don't know, he was uh, most known, at least to, I, I'd say, our generation from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep. Uh, he was also in an Academy, uh, Academy Award-winning film uh, about the Civil War. I forget. Glory. What. Glory, yeah. So, like, he was uh, a very, you know, he, w- he was a good actor, and it's very sad that he died. He was only 61, which is very young. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like it was, like, a very quick illness, and, uh, yeah, I just want to say a shout-out to, to, to him. He was a great actor, and uh, sorry to, to his family and friends that, that knew him, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyways, uh, that's all the news I have. Do you have anything else? I think that's it. All right, then let's get into May December. Uh, why don't you give us some fast facts? Okay, May December is a film directed by Todd Haynes, screenplay by Sammy Birch, uh, st- stars Julianne Moore, Charles Melton, and Natalie Portman. Um, distributed by Netflix, budget of twenty million. Box office of twenty thousand, or sorry, two hundred thirty-four thousand. Not really in theaters, theaters for that for that long. It was mostly like a, a small theatrical window before streaming because Netflix. Because they just wanted to get the Academy Award nomination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you seen any uh, Todd Haynes films before this one? I don't think I have. I've only seen Safe, which I really liked. Yes, you mentioned this one. And I can definitely see parallels in the making of this movie and kind of the tone. Uh, so it was really interesting to see this movie, uh, especially after seeing uh, The Killer uh, a couple uh, weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, when we discussed that one to see how different Netflix made it, to see Todd Haynes, how like similar he's stayed to like his pre-Netflix to now being uh, part of a Netflix uh, distributed movie. Quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what were your uh, kind of initial thoughts on this movie? Um, it, hmm, I feel like it's, it's both approachable and, like, it's not approachable. Like, it's it's a difficult subject matter, mm-hmm. but I think it comes across pretty accessible. Like, it's surprisingly funny. Like, but, like... Like, like, wasn't this one nominated for Golden Globe for Best Comedy? I think so. Golden Globe's a little confusing on how they nominate stuff, but yeah. Probably. Right? I was talking about this with our, with our friend and previous guest, Hunter, about, like, well, even, like, it's so like they had, they had air in comedy, me, 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 musical, right? Yep. <laughs> like, it's always, like, like, I always wonder, like, what it's like to be part of um, Hollywood for foreign press and be like, hmm, this one, comedy. This one, Drama, like, like how, like how do you draw, draw, draw that line, right? Because partially it's about you want to get the most of the popular ones in, and like you want to get as many different different films nominations as, as you can, spread the word, whatever. But yeah, like I wouldn't call it the, 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 the movie a, a comedy per se. Like there's some funny lines when the opener. Oh, yeah. I, I think we're gonna need, need, need some more hot dogs. Yeah, and uh, so I want to talk about that, but first, why don't we, uh, I'm just going to do a quick little synopsis. So basically, uh, this is kind of based off of like a true story yep. um, of the Mary Kay uh, Latourneau case from the 1990s, which was a big sort of tabloid thing where uh, a teacher had sex with a minor with one of her students. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this movie, basically, we're following a actor 
who is making uh, going to be a part of a movie of uh, the real life event mm-hmm. uh, about a woman who was uh, working at a pet store and had yep. sex with a seventh grader. And they are Oof. now married and have kids, and uh, you're basically following uh, their life vicariously through uh, Natalie Portman's character, who is uh, like kind of shadowing uh, her to become a uh, become her in the movie. And you're kind of mm. following as uh, Julianne Moore's uh, character uh, is kind of losing it, uh, and uh, Chris, uh, no, not Chris, uh, Charles Melton, Charles Melton. Uh, He's kind of realizing, hey, maybe this isn't such a great relationship after all. Uh, anyways, going back to um, the the hot dog thing, uh, I thought that was like perfect setup for the movie because mm-hmm. it showed sort of the the like sort of melodrama that tabloids kind of produce. Right. Because um, I, I think that this movie is really about like sort of the sensationalization uh, and the fetishization that media has over mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. sort of like true crime type stories. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so like by having like this super epic like musical score when someone is like we're out of hot dogs, uh, just really kind of I, I felt fit into like the idea like oh like tabloids like make up these super dramatic stories um, out of nothing. Or they'll completely trivialize things that are important. Uh, kind of uh, is kind of what my mindset was right from the start. But uh, kind of you, you can go off of on that. Yeah, um, I think that the top the, the the main three performances also do a very good job of balancing that tone. This is probably my, my favorite Natalie Portman performance that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Melton, who I know from Riverdale, <laughs> yeah. uh, also acts his pants off. I think his the best scene he has is on the rooftop with his son. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene. Definitely stood because, out. like, because it's him who still hasn't grown out of being thirteen. Yeah, like his like because like he's basically lived in a cage for the last 20, 20, 23 years as long as he's been in this relationship. Like, it like he's 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 stuck in the state of rest of development while also mm-hmm. being a, being a father. Well, and so is like uh, Julia uh, Julianne Moore's character, as it turns out, is also sort of like stuck at a, at a certain age too. Uh, yeah. Because uh, she also has a lot of trauma, yeah. and I, I think that this is a really interesting story about like the effects of trauma, how trauma is mm-hmm. passed down, that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah Julianne Moore, I think. It, I don't know, a little underappreciated as an actor. I really yeah, yeah. like uh, her a lot. Mm-hmm. But I I, th- I think this is probably, in my opinion, the best acted movie I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. Uh, I think that, like, yeah, like you said, the, the top three did, did amazing, especially when you're used to Charles Melton being in Riverdale, which is not known <laughs> for its great acting. It's amazing seeing him in, like, a movie where he actually can, you know, show his chops a little bit, and he did a great yeah. job. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I thought that th- there's definitely some interesting things that I was thinking of uh, kind of from the start because like first off you're seeing like people catering to a rapist, right? Yep. Uh, like either her 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 past family is kind of like you know not doing much <laughs> in the sense that hey she's a rapist or like even how the community all knows that she's a rapist and yeah. uh, and it's you know, kind of swept under the rug <laughs> in a sense. Like, like they all yeah. want to keep on supporting her, even though, you know, she, 
uh, coerced a child to having she sex with to, her. She went to jail. Is a sex offender. Is X, Y, and Z like of? Should be can, like can't cancelable behavior. I'll mm-hmm. I'll say it. I'll say it. And I felt <laughs> like it kind of plays into like the role that toxic masculinity has in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've definitely like heard other people critique this. I can't place it uh, off the top of my head, but where it's like, uh, like you, you, you place like that guy. So like, uh, in this case, like Charles Melton, like his character, mm-hmm. you like, like society as a whole will almost kind of view him not as a victim, which he is a victim, but they'll yeah. rather be like, Oh, like, like that guy's so lucky. Like, like, uh, he got to have like sex with a milf kind of like language. Right. Yeah. Rather than viewing him as a victim. And I thought that this movie did a really good job of showing, uh, like both how society looks at where like they don't necessarily see it as as bad of a thing as it is right um well you also see the effects that he's living with and how traumatizing and how like it really has affected his life for the worse and i thought that that was uh, really well done in this uh this film uh and kind of you know brings up some questions that aren't often brought up in uh film well what do you think of that yeah, like I think it does a good job of like, like, I I appreciate how like, even like, our 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 lead person who we're seeing the movie through isn't a great person, like Natalie Portman's character. Yes. Yeah. Like she's not a sex offender. She isn't a rapist. Mm-hmm. But but like, it's the whole like but like she still had there's a totally ethically gray, like obviously like. Well, she ends up having sex with Charles Melton later on in the film, going a little bit too too method 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 acting, I would say personally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, it's not a crime, but it's still not right. And yeah. like, I feel like I feel like that show like I think that that kind of shows the lens the movie is going through of like you can you can show things for how they for how they are how they are, but also not delve into the expo- exploitation mm-hmm. of it. Like, I feel as though, like, uh, Natalie Portman's character is definitely sort of a stand-in for uh, our popular culture, our media type yes. of thing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, like, how we are intoxicated by, like, the taboo. How we judge, but we also want to, like, know as much as possible. And, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and like, we kind of, like, put ourselves on a high horse, but also we want to know everything. And, uh uh, in a sense, it, it, it turns us on as as we see <laughs> with with Natalie Portman's end. Um, like I said in my, in my letterbox reviews, like it shows like sort of the fetishization, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, yeah. of of the media of like these sort of true crime stories. And uh, I think that uh, Natalie Portman does a really good job of doing that. I, I mean, she even like says how she likes playing bad guys, right? Yeah, uh, because morally, more morally, morally gray characters specifically mm-hmm. is the what, yeah, which I again thought was pretty interesting in our current film cl- uh, climate, where a lot of people, not a lot of people, a lot of online discourse has been like, ah, like you should never make a movie about a bad person, right? Uh. <laughs> and I feel as though this movie did an interesting job at like kind of discussing that. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I like. Uh, I just want to touch on the like, not not like. It's you haven't seen Oppenheimer this year, right? I have not. Okay, well, Oppenheimer, compl- complicated person. Then when the movie shows 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 him as such, like he like, 
they never say, oh, look at this great person. He did so many great things. It's pretty telling the facts. Like, he did this, he did this, he, he, he did this. Here's his reasoning for this and this. And like, here's, like, I feel like it's pretty... The right, the right, the right f f filmmaker can 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 have a, a a lead character not be a, a good person and still like can trust the audience with that. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I, as much as I think that odds are getting stupider, I feel like there there are still smart smart people who who can go see who can go see films. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I. I, I really appreciated this. Yeah, That's... and I feel so. It brings up some like important questions of, like, what stories should we tell, and like, do we have an obligation to tell or not tell some stories, and like, especially right. from like a like a, a sort of left wing or a Marxist perspective, it, it, I feel as though there's an obvious rejection of like fetishization and that sort of thing. But, like, yeah. it still happens. So, like, how do we respond to that? And I don't know. That's something that I'm still thinking about uh, because of this mm -hmm. movie. Um, well, because even, like, like, does, like, you can argue, did the movie that Natalie Portman is making have to, have to be made? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And even, like, how she's involved in, in like, the, the casting process for the kid role. Yeah. Like, that was, that was a little creepy with the, oh, he's not sexy, sexy enough. Like, I get it. Like you want, you want to be able to have actors have chemistry, but also that that is a that, that is a child. Yeah. And does making a movie about these characters now glamorize that person? Or exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Like, like like how do you tell a story about a true event where maybe the person's bad? Do you and that now now are you making them seem like a good person or like, like it, it raises some sort of ethical questions, which I think. Uh, was very fascinating. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think that this, like I was mentioning earlier, is like how it like uh, discusses the idea of like pass down trauma, and like kind of the question, like, oh, does this mean that like she has no blame, uh, right? Like a lot of people would be like, oh, like she had trauma. Now, now we don't blame her. I'd say this movie is definitely not taking that position, but it definitely no, no, sort of no. brings up that like because they they bring it up. They're like, oh, like she uh, was. Uh, assaulted by her brothers um at, at a young age or like at a, at a like a, as a teenager yeah uh and, and it just really shows how you know oftentimes we see like family trauma how family trauma is passed down between generations but this movie is really showing how trauma is passed uh between like completely different people but also still like that generational sort of trauma that's passed on which i thought was quite interesting mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it shows, it shows that, like pe people can have trauma and like still do shitty things, mm -hmm. and, and like like that doesn't uh, absolve them of that. Like if you, if you have trauma, you should be able to work through it, process it. Like there's there's help help available if you can get it. Mm -hmm. and, like like, like I, I don't think that the trauma excuses someone's behavior. Not like depends on the behavior, but like. A certain point of like you know doing doing crime like like that that that's a acceptable line of like okay uh, you 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 can only blame trauma for trauma for so much. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, one second, I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know what I think this movie also kind of investigates is kind of like the loyalty to traumatizers uh, that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like obviously we see that with uh, Charles Melton's character, who uh, at certain points he's like, I, I just can't can't leave her. Like she she needs me, kind of thing. And he's yeah. like this really sort of uh, obligation he feels towards someone who abused him. Um, yeah. And then it, there's even like like mentions of how like uh, Julianne Moore's character like she uh, still talks to her brothers that abuse her and like it's, it's really yeah. interesting on like how um, how we feel, like, even if someone hurts us we still feel tied to them in a certain way yeah and I, I think this uh, is something that like I don't know isn't usually brought up a lot and I am still kind of thinking about like like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like these characters really need to go to therapy. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like if, if, if people had gone gone to therapy, this movie, well, when it, when it wouldn't have happened. But also, like, <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of problems could, could be fixed with, with therapy. Not not just films, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going yes. to, on, like, a more technical side, I, I do really think that... Uh, the, the zoom shots that are used throughout this movie yes. where like, you start from afar and like zoom in really uh, helped emphasize the uh, the voyeurism that the media kind of does in like these sort of true uh, true life true crimes type stories and I thought that it worked really well it's yeah. definitely uh, like, like uh, I said before like, I have uh, I've seen safe and you definitely see these uh, similar sort of shots in safe yeah. and uh, I think that like Todd Haynes style just really worked in a story like that Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I quite like this movie. I thought it was very thought provoking. It's a, it's obviously a very tough subject matter, um, but I think that Todd Haynes is using it to have like a larger discussion on the role of you know true crime of uh, this sort of voyeurism that we have and whether it is ethical or not to be so invested in these situations where we get to a point where you might be like oh uh, I actually support a murderer or I support uh, a rapist or, or something like that because yeah. uh, uh, in your head you've created this sort of bond with them and I thought that was uh, very relevant in our, our current day obviously it's been something that's been an issue for a long time but like you hear like people who like will hear about someone on a true crime podcast and they start writing them love letters or something like that oh right? god so I don't know. I, I think that it's a uh, it's kind of age old problem, or at least like in, in our more modern age. But uh, it's, it's very top it's, top topical, I'd say. But I would say specifically, yeah. it's definitely more of a, an issue now. Do you have any last thoughts on this movie? Uh, not really. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. I thought you had the best supporting actor down, <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe next year, buddy. That's uh. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, what do you what do you give this movie? Uh, I'd give it a, th- a th- thumb and a half up. I think it's like, uh, yeah, solid performances all all, all around uh, from a, a pure craft and like f- f- filmmaking, pretty solid. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's and like it still s- sits sits with you after. Yeah, I give it a thumb and a half. Yeah, I would say I probably agree with you. I'd maybe get a little higher than a thumb and a half, but right around that yeah. same spot. Thumb and thumb and three quarter. Yeah, math. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't do a letterbox game this week. I'm very sorry. My brain that's, is fried. That's fair. That's fair. Also, it's tough. It's hard to. I'm <laughs> sorry. P- 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 people that can make j- joke reviews 
about a film like this. I'm sorry. I don't know how, how you do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I couldn't think of anything. Uh, especially, yeah, you know, it's about trauma and stuff, so I don't really want to <laughs> make a joke about that. Yep. Um, anyways, but we do have some recommendations, I'm sure. Uh, what do you have to recommend this week? Oh, boy. Uh, I watched Phantom of the Paradise this weekend with my girlfriend, and it was terrific. I was listening to the soundtrack today while I was working. It's like, it's an 80s glam rock riff on Phantom of the Opera. That sounds amazing. What's it called, Phantom? Uh, of the Paradise. It's on Criterion. It's leaving this month, so you still have like two or three weeks to watch it. I, I, I highly recommend. Uh, it's Yeah, it's early Brian De Palma. Uh, Paul Williams does the song and plays the villain. Oh, interesting. Yes, very good. I haven't seen Paul Williams play, act this much since like, Actually, he was in one of the old Planet of the Apes films. I didn't realize that. I just didn't know who Paul Williams was. I mean, but, it's from the 70s, so I'm sure he's probably bigger in that time than, than currently. Yes. Of course, he had, of course he, had, he, he had won the Oscar for Rainbow Connection. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I absolutely adored that film, and I want it on 4K or Blu-ray, whatever the best they have. Very nice. Uh, do you have any other recommendations? Uh, I don't think so. I have two recommendations. Two? Um, and they're both not movies. What the hell? I know. Uh, my first uh, recommendation is the TV show The Curse. Ooh. It's the uh, Nathan Fielder uh, directed and starring with uh, Emma Stone. It's uh, sort of like a, a a spoof on like HGTV like house flipping shows. And oh, that sounds that sounds great actually. It, it's great. Uh, lots of deadpan humor. It's like a very awkward type of humor. You, it makes you kind of uncomfortable, but you're also kind of amused. Highly recommend it. It's, uh, in my opinion, probably one of the best shows of the of the year. Uh, oh, it's I, on Paramount. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's, it's, it's only five episodes. They're about an hour each. Very good. Um, I will my, give it a watch. My, nec- my next recommendation is uh, movie magazines because, you know, it's holiday time. Lots of people are getting some holiday breaks. And why don't you, rather than scrolling on your phone the whole time, read a little little magazine about movies. Uh, specifically, the ones I'm recommending right now is uh, Little White Lies. Uh, that's oh, yeah. a really good one based out of uh, the UK. They just released their 100th uh, issue. Uh, that was for the October-November uh, season there, and I got that one. I got the special edition with the slipcover. It's very nice. Some good, cool. some good uh, articles. And then the other one is a Canadian one called uh, Cinemascope, which is uh, a Canadian Ooh. perspective on international cinema. That sounds, that sounds fun. Uh, so both of those magazines are great, but you can you know read any uh, movie magazine. That's a good time. You could uh, Cinema East. Uh, you could read Sight and Sound. Sight, Sight and Sound, of course, is the classic. Um, but yeah, you know this holiday season, why don't you read read a little bit uh, no. instead of so scrolling on your phone? That's uh, that's that's my old man take. My old man recommendation. Boomer. I feel that's like older than a boomer. It's like Gen X or uh, uh, what's the greatest generation or whatever. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like isn't like, Bo- boomers nowadays are just all on Facebook. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I, when I think of magazines, I think like '90s, which would be like Gen X, or like yeah. the '50s, which would be you know I don't know whoever was 
the generation. Isn't fifties fifties boomers? No, uh, boomers is like sixties. Okay, who knows? Yeah, I don't know generations. We're not, we're not those. I don't say born in the in the fifties. Uh, I'm saying like adults in the fifties. So that'd be right. born in like the thirties. Right. Yes. Anyway, so that's been our episode this week. Old people and such. Yes, exactly. Uh, either way, I'm older. Uh, I, I this recommendation is older than I am as a 23, <laughs> almost 24 year old. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Marks Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And this week we are discussing the movie Aquaman: uh, the, fi- the, the the Lost Kingdom. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So we just went to go see this movie last night, but before that, we have a little bit of news, not much. But uh, Cam, why don't you take us away? Uh, yeah, so it's been announced that Warner Bros. Discovery is planning on purchasing Paramount mm-hmm. uh, and doing a little merger there. Um, I feel like it should not be allowed because I feel, like, I feel like Paramount is like the fourth biggest studio, I think, right now. And Warner Bros. is probably number two, I'd Classic guess. Classic Zaslav just taking over the whole industry. And like it's just like seeing what, what we've seen since the Zaslav bought Warner Bros. Because like Warner Bros. was bought by Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Discovery Plus specifically, um, and just it's been a lot of chaos in that in the in that part of the film industry, and like a lot of streaming stuff, taking taking t- t- taking stuff off, doing things for tax for tax breaks that shouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. It's been a, I, it's been a bit a bit of a bit of a kerfuffle, I would say, and I don't think that he he, he should be trusted with more stuff. It seems like we're going back to the old studio system, except there's less studios. <laughs> right. It's turning into, you know, we are a podcast partially about uh, capitalism, and it kind of just shows that capitalism will always eat itself, and it eventually turns into monopolies. Yeah. Like, no matter, like, no matter how much people will be like, oh, we just need to free the market, right? Yeah. That's not the solution. It's just going to create monopolies and then you yeah. end up with overlords like if you look back at like the robber baron era in the states yeah like the same thing happened there and we're trying to go back to that and uh i don't know it's uh <laughs> it's it's something i would say is not a good idea but i guess we'll see what happens i, I feel so it's not good even from a creative standpoint but who knows i guess i guess we shall I guess we shall see. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any news. This is kind of holiday time for the both of us, so we're we're gonna have a little bit more of a relaxed and probably shorter episode. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, why don't we get into the movie? Do you have some fast facts for us? Uh, yeah. So, Aquaman Two was directed by James Wan. Uh, stars Jason Momoa, uh, Amber Heard, uh, Patrick Wilson, Yaya Abdul Mateen. A lot of the same people as the first one, of course. Uh, no Willem Dafoe this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by the written by the same person as as last time. Uh, David Leslie Johnston McColdrick, uh, Jason Momoa, and James Wan both have story credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget of two hundred two hundred five million. No budget. No 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 recording on gross um, on box office yet. But uh, we'll see how that goes. It's not tracking. Did. Oh, yeah, so no, no uh, recording of gross yet. It's still pretty new, but it's not, it's not tracking to do great. Did it, was yesterday the first day? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we watched the, th- the Thursday preview. We were recording on the Friday. So it, it made like four, 4.6 million in Thursday previews, which isn't great. Well, even like in our theater, it was pretty empty considering it's a the first day of a blockbuster at prime time at like 6 30 yeah like, like maybe half full when we went yeah we were pretty close to the front of the theater so like there's no one there's no one in front of us but like there there's a few people behind us and like 
feel like our audience was pretty like they, they laughed when they were supposed to laugh, and it was it was I thought like it was a pretty enthusiastic audience. Mm-hmm. I think. But uh, so, what, what's your history with like Aquaman? Like, we we we've explored this podcast that you <laughs> like DC movies in general. But why we like uh, bring it back to Aquaman? Uh, so I have a really soft spot for the, for the first one. Um, I think 2018 was probably the, the golden the golden year for superhero cinema. Uh, that year we had Black Panther, Infinity War, the first Spider Verse film. We uh, and we. Uh, and end of the year with with Aquaman, it was a Christmas Tales to eighteen release, and that was the first DC DC film to make a billion dollars, which is bonkers. Because uh, like Aquaman isn't like like when you think of the big DC people, people like, like like he's on the league, mm-hmm. but he's not like a Superman or, or Batman person, right? Like yeah. so having Aquaman be the first DC film to make break that billion dollar barrier was like. Kind of a surprise. It did really well overseas, specifically in China. People, people in China fucking love movies about water. Hmm. Avatar always does does great there. The Meg films always do great there. So China really carried the box office there. Um, hopefully they can they can do it do, do it do, do it <laughs> this time again. Um, the I first mean, it was already announced that like the DCEU is now over. Yeah, it's done. It's yeah. So. I, I, I think Jason Momoa might come back as Lobo is what, is what they've been talking about. Okay. I think it's been confirmed, but like, I feel like he, he doesn't want to have to be in Aquaman shape for, for forever, and Lobo, Lobo as a character is a bit more of like a bigger, like, he, like he's a alien bounty hunter who rides a motorcycle. Fair enough. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty cool person. Where's a, where's a fan? I feel so that would fit in. Well, I mean, they're definitely going to go for like the James Gunn style, right? Like, because he's the new sort of, Creative, the, the the creative mind yeah. of the DC universe. Yeah, um, not the DC EU or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, I think that that sort of like idea, like his vision, would fit more with Jason Momoa than what yeah. Aquaman was. I yeah. don't know. I I think he's too himboy. Yeah. That was it's definitely a lot like not like '90s style Aquaman where with the, with like the super long hair, the beard, mm-hmm. when he has the arm cut off, like in the in like the old, in that more '90s style, he fits that really well. And I also like connecting cause like because uh, like Jason Momoa, like his dad is Native Hawaiian, and like I feel like having I don't want to see Aquaman be, 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 be played by a white person again. Yeah. I feel like, like what Aquaman as a character stands for should be should be played by a by a, 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 a white person. Mm-hmm. I feel like there, there's enough Polynesian actors that like also like are, are like more more connected to the land and, and the water in that way, right? Like I feel like Aquaman one to delve into a lot more of being 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 from two worlds. This mm-hmm. movie also does tie into that with climate change and like land of, land defenders, like that kind of thing. Um. But I feel like, for, in that way, Jason Momoa was, was was kind of perfect for a role, but not perfect in a in a like a comic book conventional way. But like as a person, I think he's a pretty cool. Like even like he's been like on Hawaii, like where they're trying to build that telescope. Mm-hmm. He's been against that because that's going to do a lot of damage to the to, to, to the envi- environment there. Mm-hmm. So f- f- that way, he was he was kind of perfect as Aquaman. But I wish. He would have had some better, some better 
screenplays. Yeah. Well, so let's get into this movie. So I personally was not a huge fan of this movie. No. Uh, I'll be honest. But, uh, why, uh, like, I don't know. It's probably partially I'm sick of superhero movies. Partially I've kind of, uh, I don't want to say grown up out of them, but, like, I've kind of, like, I don't know. Like I, I, I was like, once Marvel was finished with its main story, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like I've, yeah. I've closed that book. Same as like how, how Westerns kind of went out of phase of like, all right, like we're, we're done with the superhero genre. We can have like one every like few years. That's really good. Yeah. Um, whereas this movie seems to kind of be continuing with like the old way of like, let's just have some big punches. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no stakes to this movie. Like I don't, care about this movie because i don't feel like any of the characters are truly in danger no but uh why don't we give your your first thoughts uh yeah i i again big fan of the first one i feel like this movie tried to do too much like it tried to for the first one has like goofy campy moments but it's still a, a, a semi-serious film mm-hmm. there are there are snakes we we know we know what orm is capable of as ocean master or whatever and then and then this film is a lot more like, I think that bringing back the worst mistake that this film does is make another reason why why Manta is is evil. Mm-hmm. He, I think he should have just been purely driven by revenge. He he didn't need the whole, hey, I'm possessed by a, by a by a water ghost demon thing. Do you know what this movie reminded me of? What or like it felt like it was trying to do Lord of the Rings, but like all all the bad parts. But like. Yeah, like the bad CGI of Lord of the Rings. Like, like, if, like I don't know, like, just like the visuals looked very Lord of the Rings-esque, like from, uh, like, like even like the ghosty people reminded me of like the ghosts in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, the whole like sort of quest to a, a kingdom felt very Lord of the Rings. I don't know, this felt like, like bad Lord of the Rings. Like, like, like they were just like, yeah. watch Lord of the Rings once, or like, hey, what if we turn this into a superhero movie? That's what this felt like to me, at least like in the, like the last half. Yeah. First half was like generic i don't know i don't know <laughs> and the, the first half is definitely better than the first like, second half like the, for the first half like this really cool like i, I like some of, like the more, more like the steampunk d- 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 designs of, of some of the mm-hmm. hidden the hidden kingdom stuff uh like with those like submarines with the with the arms and like looking like straight out of like an hg wells type of thing mm-hmm. was super cool but like and like the the first the, the first fight was between uh the second second fight the one on the island yeah uh with uh, with uh, uh Arthur and Manta is a lot better than the second the second one I think the second one is a lot more CG and it's kind of like models just kind of like well even like this movie seems to be making fun of it in the very first part where uh, yeah. Jason Momoa just has two action figures and just like bangs them together. That's what this movie feels like. Yeah. It feels like some kid was like, I have a great idea. And then just grabs all of his action figures, smashes them yeah. together and makes a movie. Whereas I think in the, in the first one, like the, the first one has like, has like really dynamic visual for fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Like one of like crisp camera movements. Like, yeah, you can tell it's sun doubles the whole, whole time, but you don't care because it, it, it looks cool. Yeah. And you, and you, and you, and you can like the characters more. Um, I still think that like the Aquaman suit is 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 one of the, is one of the best suits. It's superhero. <laughs> okay. Film just like just from a pure like. I read a comic book 
panel to to screen. Mm-hmm. There are things it does really, really well. But then the new me- me- meta costume is like straight out of Alex Ross. Uh, I, I kind of love that part. Uh, but yeah, some of the visuals of the third act are not, yeah. well, are not even, great. Like the score felt like weird in points where it was like, it felt like a 2000s comedy, like uh, some of the, the cues that the, the movie did. Yeah. Which I didn't, didn't feel like it worked well because it's trying to be epic but then it's also like haha look at us we're making fun of ourselves and it just felt really awkward because like so i i recently watched like the third guardians of the galaxy movie yeah. i'd say that's probably well i haven't seen the, the spider-man movie it's the best live action superhero movie of the year yes i, I agree with that um and I, I would still have issues with it i don't think uh the acting is all that great in parts and i would say like this movie like uh, aquaman also has issues with the acting but at least with Guardians of the Galaxy, you have like feeling about it, like you have like emotions, like you like there's tear jerking moments, and yeah. they know how to have action with emotion. Whereas this movie, when it tries to have emotion, like with like the kid and stuff, yeah, I was like, I don't care, yeah, like why should I care about this kid? Like I don't know, I, like just because it's a kid, I, I don't know, yeah, like th- there was no and the cut and the comics, the the, the kid gets gets murked. I was wondering if if they're gonna yeah. kill the kid, uh, and the. Like, I don't know. And, and like, the CGI, I, I thought, in points looked really bad. I hated when the baby was talking to the fish. That, oh. that, that made me, like, just give me the ick. Because <laughs> it was just so weird. Yeah. And then, like, the, the weird, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it looked like he was blowing smoke rings. And he was, like, basically trying to be Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> Hitting the vape. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. Like, and the, there's, like, such, like... I, I, I so like uh, I don't know if this is a real spoiler, but like the first like few minutes, like the baby like pisses in uh, Aquaman's mouth, Oof. and that's just it's such a generic joke. Like I've seen that joke so many it's times. A, it, it, it's a two thousand shitty comedy. Yeah, joke. or like there was commercials about it, like with like a baby pissing, and like you yeah. better diapers or like uh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just such a old joke and so, like i don't know like do something new like, like <laughs> maybe i'm just like shitting no, on this movie but no uh, that's fair it's uh, this movie is definitely inferior to the first one in, in, in every way mm-hmm. in, in every way it's it, it's inferior and i kind of hate that because like obviously with, with like a, 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 a sequel you want it to be more you want it to be better like better characters i feel like there's some things there. There are a lot of things we're working against the, this film. Obviously, it's the it's the last chapter of a book that's already been closed for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ever heard? Ever have you feel about the Ever heard dry, 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 dried up situation? There's going to be people that are just hate, hate her for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like it's pretty just clear that that was, that was just a shitty relationship on both sides. Yeah. And it's two people, two people that shouldn't have been have been together. And that, that, that's no one's fault. That's just how it goes. Um, and just stuff like that. And just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. It was just, yeah, it was not, I, it could have been better. Just, at least I still have the first one, which is so good. Yeah, uh, it definitely feels like they kind of weren't like trying to do much with Amber Heard in this movie. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's because of like the whole like lawsuit stuff that they were like maybe we could like avoid having her in as much and yeah. just have Jason Momoa basically. Yeah, uh, I did like the dynamic between him and his brother. Yes, Patrick I, pa- pa- Patrick pa- Wilson saves the film. I would say I would say he's definitely the best part. Yeah, 
I really enjoyed his performance. I thought whenever he like whenever he was on screen, I was like, oh, thank you, because like, yeah, right. He, he made so I would say that that that's what made this movie somewhat watchable to me. Uh, and I liked the, like the dynamic between the two of them. I wish I could have seen that more. I yeah. I really found that to be it just worked well, and uh, I would say that was definitely the highlight. Uh, how did you feel? About I'm it? always a sucker for the villain turned ally trope. It works so well, right? Like I think of Galvant season two when King Richard ends up mm-hmm. joining him on the or clip. even like Loki. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like Loki. Yeah, he even calls him Loki at one point. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but but then that kind of highlights that this is just like they're. The whole issue with the DCEU is that they're basically just trying to copy Marvel, yeah. but in a bad way. Yeah. And, like, if they would do, like, more of their own thing, like uh, what James Gunn did with, uh, what's his face? Uh, John Cena. Peacemaker. Yeah. Like, when you do your own thing, it can be good. Yeah. When you try to just copy something, I don't know. Yeah. It just shows how, again, going back to capitalism, you just end up with, like, endless copies to try and make money rather than true artistic creation. And uh, there might be some nuggets of interest in these artistic creations, but at the end of the day, it's just a corporation trying to pump out money. And that's my issue with capitalism. Why I think movies will be better when capitalism is gone. Anyways, <laughs> even like movie. well like in like non-capitalist like in, in, in non-capitalist countries they've they, they still make movies and they're still good films well and even any, any Soviet films from like the so in uh, in my opinion the 70s is the the peak of cinema yeah and that's like of Hollywood cinema yeah. uh, cinema specifically and what's interesting is that's when the like us was the least capitalist like that's when keynesianism was like really in in full swing yeah. uh it was like pre-reagan uh you know like so, the oil crisis was happening so like they were like worried about like uh climate change like they were like maybe we need to like go to re- more renewable resources like jimmy carter jimmy Carter like putting uh solar panels on the roof so like the 70s i think uh highlights that even like in capitalism when it Capitalism isn't so free market oriented. I mean, I obviously believe capitalism needs to be gone completely, but yeah. I think that like we can also work towards a, a, a capitalism that's better for people. Yeah, um, that's a good start. And 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 the seventies shows that art get, like so many people are like, oh, like art sucks under like communism or whatever. But I think the seventies is a good example of when things like when you're not stressed about whether you're gonna like starve or not, you're more willing to take risks and make good art and exactly. some of it might be bad but you'll take a risk and you're gonna get rather than everything being kind of eh, it's fine yeah. you you get like something good and like that's why i think the best movies coming out now are the ones that are critical of the status quo yeah like i some of the best movies are like the jordan peele movies i would say and i would say they're very critical nope uh, nope very uh <laughs> all those movies very critical of the status quo parasite I would say that's the best movie of the past 10 years. Yep. Very critical of the status quo. Yep. Like, I, I would say, like, uh, that's where the more artistic integrity is, is when you're, you know, not just following the status quo, when you're actually challenging uh, how things are, uh, at least in today's uh, capitalistic society. But, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> going back to this movie. Um, 
how did you feel if they, they handled the whole, like, because it, it seems to want to be kind of like preachy about climate change. So obviously both of us are, you know, we believe in climate change. <laughs> we, we know it's real. And we would like to limit climate change. So how would you feel if this movie handled that topic? I I feel like we're we're past the point for like when it comes like preachiness in films because like so, so some issues are, are are just that urgent mm-hmm. and coverage is is one of them and the movie just doesn't shy away from that. So my issue with this movie is that it seems like it doesn't actually care about our climate change because it, it's like oh the whole reason that climate change is happening worse now is because they're burning this mysterious gas or a calcum and as, as soon as we stop them from doing that then all is saved well that's not uh, it's not quite quite how it goes it's it's okay this is bad it's exponentially terrible let's end this thing and then and then let's talk to earth and then let's get that stuff figured out later mm-hmm. it's a Let's solve. It. Let's let's make our own bed before you shit in someone. It's shit in someone else's. You know. It's... Also, uh, this movie is UN propaganda because the UN does not have nearly as much power as this movie makes it think it does. Nope. <laughs> I do. I have some serious Black Panther one vibes from the ending. Of, yeah. Very hey, much so. Now we, we're, we exist. Hey, we're, we're here now. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It it felt a little. Odd to me. <laughs> yes, the UN will. Because like the, maybe the UN in the in the DCU is just is just this like uber like awesome the, the, world government. The thing that like everyone's so afraid of it being, but like the UN has no power. No, it's like, nothing. Like even like like now like when we look at like uh like them trying to stop Israel from bombing Palestine. <laughs> like, do you know how many pa- like things that have passed that are like? Hey, we condemn Israel. Hey, Israel, stop bombing civilians. Nothing happens. Like, like they, or even if you look at like the Rwandan genocide, the UN just stood there and did nothing. Like the UN has no power. (laughs) So that's why I think this movie is UN propaganda to think that. Oh yeah, the UN. They're going to stop climate change. They got this. Let's go. They've been trying for 50 years, you know, since the 80s to stop climate change. But but now now they'll stop. In a perfect world, the, the the UN. Destroys the the United States, and then we will start a new. <laughs> it, it's wild. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm no UN lover. I think it's kind of yeah. Uh, it, it it's all just for for visuals. It doesn't actually mean no. Anything. Exactly. I'm a like I'm kind of pro people's government world. Like uh, I, I not globalism. Like I'm pro like the world we're working, we're working together to, to, to solve problems because like some so, so, so problems are worldwide right yeah i i don't think that a a global thing like the un works though i think, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think what we need is more like this is very off topic but like like a, almost like a more more cent, uh, not centralized like i think like wi- the, the 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 city of winnipeg should have more say than the country of Canada. Yes. We, 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 because, we, we, yeah. like, the the city is actually dealing with each individual person yes. rather than, like, the country of Canada, which is, like, trying to make, like, things that are good for Vancouver also good for Halifax yeah. when, like, they have completely different issues. Yeah. Especially with climate change. Like, Manitoba is going to have a lot different issues than Vancouver. Vancouver yeah. has to worry about, you know, the, 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 the sea rising, like the ocean rising, whereas Manitoba has to worry about droughts 
and rain and like farming stuff. Yeah. So like, I I that's why I think like like a, a more like regional government is going to be more helpful when it comes to climate change than a than a, like a whole like whole global and, and also it comes to like a, a more like like what works for like North America specifically since we are so highly developed isn't going to work for like let's say. Uh, African countries that we have underdeveloped to make ourselves rich. Right. Like we have to, we can't be like, oh, we've been burning oil for so long to develop ourselves. Now you African countries, you, you can't burn oil. You have to, you know, <laughs> jump all the way up to where we are. Even though we've been underdeveloping you, we steal your, your, your copper. We steal uh, your lithium. We steal, we steal all the resources that make us energy efficient. So like, like, that's why I think we need to have like a more regional. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I would say that that's my critique of this. Uh, Hear me out. Okay. Let's, let's put all the world into 12 districts. <laughs> <laughs> and have one, have, have one two. capital. And then I think that's the opposite of what I was saying. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, thanks President Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Call, call me Coriel Anus. Yeah, what, what a guy! What a guy! Man, man, man has anus, and they would still became president. Who that's, thought? That, that's how you know that he's a bad guy, right? <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing stopping him. <laughs> if, if, yeah, I feel like if you could get power with the word anus in your name, then like you're must be doing something evil. <laughs> but the, the, the banality of evil. So, going back to the climate change thing. <laughs> so. My yeah, that's my critique is that like it seems like very, I don't know like, <laughs> like like it's a plot device, but it doesn't feel real because like it's just like a news report that's like things are bad, but they don't show anything bad happening. Yeah, like at least like with like let's say like a climate change movie like uh, the day after tomorrow, they, they show stuff and it's scary. Hey, the the Earth is fucking frozen. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, even before that, like they have like the 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 the, the, the like five tornadoes hitting the city at the same time and stuff yeah. like that. Like they have like, well, and, or like the hail. Yeah. Like they have like, they're like, oh look, climate change is happening. Whereas uh, this movie, it's like the news reporter just says it's happening, but they don't actually show anything happening. Like, and I think that that is kind of talking to my earlier point where like, where's the stakes? I don't care. Yeah. This, this giant volcano that's huffing green smoke <laughs> all over the place. Cool. It, Probably not good, but that's, like, that, 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 that's happening. How many times in America every day? Yeah, green smoke and all. Exactly, we just hit the vape. <laughs> I don't think. I wonder if you could make your vape like if you put like green dye in your vape. <laughs> I I don't vape vape. I don't know, but here do I. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask someone who vapes. We're the experts on this. Yes, exactly. clearly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are two white guys on podcasts. We know everything. Uh, I, I think we should be. Yeah, yeah. Let's... We also have a cat here. Hello, uh, and, hello, and Dolce. She's being a bit of a bother. This is a, a Christmas episode, so uh, you guys talk to her. Don't talk. She doesn't want to talk. Okay, please. <laughs> um, so, what do you think of, of that critique of, of the movie's approach? That's fair. I get it. It, it. it feels a little like out there and like because because you seem to like appreciate its critique of climate. I, I appreciate it's, it's like yeah. I, I bringing up the issue, but like yeah, I, I feels at this point we've gone beyond bringing up the issue enough people know that climate change is happening i feel like it's nice to like remind people obviously there's not gonna be a, a, ton, a ton of people who watch it so yeah <laughs> we'll see how that works but like, it, 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 it can be nice to be reminded of oh yeah this is an issue that's still happening even if i feel like 
it's kind of taking a back seat in ways. It's it's something that has always has it. I feel like it's something that we t- we that we keep on hearing about, but but nothing ever gets done to 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 address it. Because like, why don't you just make him like make Black Manta also be like the owner of an oil company, and then he could be like fighting an oil company. <laughs> I was picturing like him like being like, oh, yes, it's me, Black Manta Oil, and then he has like... Yeah, like, like, like if you're really good at like critique it, like don't just be like, oh, it's just us polluting. Blame the, first... the people who are like producing the oil. Uh, I, I, I just put a Shell logo on Black Manta <laughs> on his, uh, like, sponsored by Shell. <laughs> Black Manta X Shell crossover. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Collab century. Because, like, then you're, like, actually pointing the blame rather than just being like, climate change is happening. We need to stop it. Yeah. Like, I don't know, put some blame on someone. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bring up climate change and have it as a central point, maybe at least, like, bring up the real issue. Oh, now you want to talk? No, no, she's she's shy. Oh, but shy. I don't know. So uh, I would say like it, it feels like a very liberal perspective on climate change, yeah, and doesn't actually want it. Like it's fine with the status quo in a sense that like it, it wants. It feels good for bringing up the issue without actually doing anything about the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I'd say yeah, liberal liberal is is the right the right term. Could have definitely gone further and. A lot of ways, like talk about how, like, they kind of talked about how, like, how how there are still communities in the world that don't have clean drinking water. I feel like mm-hmm. with having Atlantis there, it probably gets solved pretty pretty instantaneously. I think. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Something. I, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. But. Um, what are your kind of final thoughts on this movie? Do you have anything else to talk about this it's, movie? It's just, well, watch the first one. It's better in every single way. The acting, the, the action, the costumes, the practical effects. Everything is better in the first one, personally. So, Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any good climate change movie? Like like that, I, <laughs> I, I haven't seen, well, uh, I want to see uh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. That, one, that one's on, on, on my list. That one seems like uh, an interesting one. I haven't seen it. Day after tomorrow is fine. It's it's kind of, it's a R- R- Roland Emmerich type. It, it, it's not really like a like a. Is is that what actually by Roland Emmerich? Is it, 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 it seems like a Roland probably, Emmerich. I don't type. know. I just remember it always being scary. Uh, my, <laughs> we watched it in like grade nine, uh, right around Christmas time, and I remember it was like snowing right after we watched that movie. And I was like. <gasps> It doesn't stop. <laughs> what if it just yes, keeps snowing? it is a Roland Emmerich film. That's what I thought. Uh, I had a fun time with it. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, Desquid, yeah, Rachel right, Chan, yeah. You know she doesn't like that movie. I'm trying to. Th- uh, I didn't like. Don't look up. I hated that movie with a burning passion. Uh, I, I I didn't even watch it. Um, There's no reason why that with the movie that we should should be over two uh, two two hours. No, McKay. Fix, fix, fix yourself. <laughs> Call me Zapio over two hours. No, well, it's not even. Like, I don't know what it is. It's bad. It's it's well, like you think with with Adam McKay that that it'd be a comedy, right? Because that's that's what he he's, he has done for a while. Yeah, and but for sure, I like I was on the next one time. Pretty sure I saw the the other time was was like two twenty. I'm like, it's very long. Yeah, why? <laughs> it's way too long. I don't like there's, it. There's no, there's, no, there's no reason for something that's, that 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 can be viewed as a comedy to be over two hours. Yeah, I oh, just don't. And that brings me back to like a Netflix issue with both their shows and their movies is that 
because it's streaming, they don't really have any limits on like edit. Like you can just like put in the long version of the movie without like being forced to edit it down. So then you just end up with a, a worse long movie. Rebel Moon. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay, I probably the so I, I haven't watched it yet, but they're already planning a a a a standard cut, a director's cut version for the Rebel Moon. Because well, that was announced when the movie got announced. That was like you'll get the two hour one in theaters, and there's like the four hour one that will be on Netflix. Oh, and then they then they put the movie into two parts. Yeah. So that's Rebel Moon Part One. Whatever, Child of Fire, I don't know. Um, and then, well, but then there's going to be a Rebel Moon Part 1 Slander Cut coming, like, next year at some point. I'm like, just make, like, you don't need this many cuts. Like, the Slander Cut, or, or the, 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 like, if Warner Bros. just makes the BVS, the Delta Cut, the, the main cut, this doesn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. But they wanted it to be two and a half hours instead of three, which... Have you seen the Delta Cut of BBS? Okay. It, I, I, I just watched a video on it this morning by uh, Mr. Sunday Movies. It makes the movie a lot more coherent. It just kind of makes it... But makes, also a lot longer. But, but <laughs> it, it makes more sense. Again, my, my problem with BBS is it's more of a structural thing. All, all I like is that Stefan Wolf looks better in in that cut. So you're talk, talk, talking about Justice League. Oh, never mind, yeah. <laughs> Uh, BVS is more so about the the plot because I think the plot kind of gets a little bleh, in, in the regular cut. Nothing makes sense. The, the theory cut just make things make sense. <laughs> of BVS, the the, the theory cut is a whole different scenario. But. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens to that. But uh, so, what, what do you give this movie? I'd give it a, a thumb. I don't know. I give it zero thumbs. It's bad. Okay, I, <laughs> don't go see it from my perspective. Like, yeah, not not like one thumb, th- th- but like it's just kind of a thumb. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's there. The thumb is there, whether it, it, it's up or down. It's fair to enjoy it. Yeah. I just I don't enjoy it. Oh, I, I do want to say this movie made me motion sick. I <laughs> so there's a lot of like. Okay, I'm going back to rant after we talked about it because I, I forgot about this. But so this fair. movie is so the way that it's shot and edited. I thought was very jarring. So there's a lot of like action and then there's slow-mo, awkward slow-mo. And there's a lot of like uh, very close up action to hide the CGI. And that, and it's a lot of spinning cameras. Well, it's just shaky stuff. And it made me very, well, not very dizzy. It made me dizzy. I felt uh, nauseous. So yeah. I want to, so my, my, my letterbox review of this movie, I want to read it because I didn't come up with a letterbox game this week again. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Cause I just saw the movie t- uh, yesterday. Uh, so my review of it, let me see what it was. I, it was along the lines of, uh, so my letterbox review was much like an actual amusement ride, uh, park ride, uh, reference to Scorsese. The cinematic one made me motion sick <laughs> and <laughs> it's not getting enough love on letterbox. So I wanted to read it here because <laughs> I check us uh, out on letterbox, please. Yeah. We're funny. So we're far more funny. So sometimes, yeah, uh, I, I have two, I have two films to watch until I hit 200 to, uh, on the year. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for, for diary entries, films I've watched. Cause like I've rewatched some films. Yeah. The, on the year. So it's so, 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 in terms of films that I've added this year, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred and eighty. My diary's at one ninety eight. Because I, as yeah. I watched films, I, I watched before yeah. in, in previous years, so on. Yeah. So 
I just hit uh, 800 films total watched on Letterboxd. Uh, and this year, I uh, on my diary, I did 134 this year. My films are at 564, but I'm not sure if that's including every film I've ever watched. I don't think so. Ever. Uh, so I just found out that VeggieTales is on there. Fuck and yeah. So I just added like all the VeggieTales movies that I've seen, so uh, that, that probably boosted my number. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have any recommendation for this week? Uh, I watched Wonka last weekend. That was a, a much better film. It's a good Christmas film, film, film to get in the, in the spirit. It's also mm-hmm. a, a musical. Uh, some pretty catchy songs. Timmy Chalamet is pretty great in it. Uh, it was a good time. Solid. Paul King, director, director, director of Package 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So, Wonka. Go and see Wonka. Nice. Uh, I just watched the movie Nebraska recently. Did I talk about this last week? Maybe. No. No, I don't think I did. No. Okay, Nebraska's awesome. I recently watched it. It uh, is a movie by uh, Alexander Payne. Uh, who just did the holdovers? Great film, great film. Um, I haven't seen that one yet, but I want to. But uh, Nebraska, basically, uh, so it, it stars Will Forte, which is uh, pretty fun. It's Will oh. Forte and Bruce uh, Dern, um, basically playing a uh, father-son relationship. And so, like, the father has like dementia or some sort of like uh, mental de- uh, degenerative disease, and he basically gets one of those like fake like you won the lottery kind of things uh, for like a a lottery like a few states over and he can't drive because of his uh, d- dementia. So he starts just walking to Nebraska to get his award and his son, Will Forte, is like, I'll drive you. And like, they don't have a great relationship and then like, as they like go on the road trip, basically, uh, they start to build a relationship that they haven't had before as uh, Will Forte learns about his dad and like his life as they go back to like his hometown and stuff. And it, it's just a really touching story. I grew up in like a farming community very similar to Nebraska uh, or it's like the, like uh, the movie uh, setting in Nebraska, yeah. uh, the movie and it's shot in black and white, Ooh. Uh, uh, but it's from 2013. No, I think it might be newer than 2013. Let me check. No, it was 2013. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it, and I would highly recommend it. It's a good sort of christmas in movie. The other one, uh, as you know, maybe you're getting together with family, uh, is Pink Panther. We just watched that uh, last <laughs> night. It's it's funny. It's a good good sort of comedy. If you you know want some, some laughs, you get some Beyonce. That know. was a staple in, <laughs> in, in the Kwasin household. to watch something. It's a good a good film to watch with the, with the fam. If you're, My grandma loves that film. That's wild, right? Like certain films, I like I. Associate with like with like grandparents. It's like Johnny English, Garfield, like the, the mm-hmm. Bill Murray one, and and Pink Panther. And I would, uh, I also this movie is also associated to you because I watched it for the first time. At, I want to say your twelfth birthday. That, that, that makes sense. Uh, because it was when you, me, and Zach, I believe, were sp- uh, staying the night at your place. Uh, I pulled an all nighter. But everyone else slept. But that was that was that was, that was when we we had Star Wars, like the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we also watched Pink Panther. We did cool. So we watched Pink Panther at night, uh, like to fall asleep to. Okay. Well, we, Zach, we, Zach, Zach fell asleep to. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Clone Wars in the morning. Right. Uh, and then we played Lego Star Wars in between on the Wii. Yeah. Uh, 
but so I, I associated that movie with, with you as well. So yeah. uh, I don't know it's just it's a good family movie. But anyways, that's been our episode this week. Unless you have something else to say, well, I think so. Uh, well, a, a nice old happy holidays from us, and yes. uh, specifically Merry Christmas. These episodes are uh, going to be a couple episodes. This one in uh, May December. Uh, that are coming out this week. Coming out, I'll probably release them right around Christmas, maybe yeah. even on Christmas Day, uh, as a little Christmas gift to, to you, our listeners. But uh, uh, happy holidays. The the episodes are going to probably be a, little, a little bit more sporadic uh, over the holiday time. Yeah. Um, but we, we're going to we'll, do it. We'll I, try to get, get our best of the year in like first week of January, I think that makes sense. Around there, once we have a chance to watch all the 2023 movies. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye-bye now. <laughs>